Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the Fill Your Boots podcast. I'm your host, Philly Fleming. Um, I actually, can I just backtrack? Can you guys call me Phil? Because I actually did not mean to ever get called Philly. It just happened to be the only Instagram handle I could get. And now everyone calls me it. So if we can backtrack, since this is a completely different thing. Everyone, I'm Phil. I'm Phil Fleming. Okay, so I'm really excited about this podcast. Um, I have some really great guests lined up over the next few weeks already. So I am buzzing and I really hope you guys love it. This is going to be a little bit of a rambly introduction episode. Um, I will just take this time to tell you a bit about me what I do uh, and some of my fitness journey so far to date. Um, So without further ado, let's get this show on the road. So hi, I am Phil and I am an online coach specialising in coaching women who want to get strong, toned physiques, ditch the fad diets most importantly and actually create really long-term sustainable results. I am here for that. I absolutely despise uh, these fad diet coaching programs that literally just get someone results and then do not teach them how to keep it and it all just goes to shit for lack of a better phrase. So I am here fighting that cause. Um, I also do some in-person PTing as well and dare I say it, this sounds super strange but I am somewhat of a tiny, tiny influencer in the grand scheme of things Um, (laughs) and I always find that a really odd term to use because I just find it fascinating on that people are interested in my life, my tiny, my tiny little life. So yeah, that's who I am. And I am big into fitness and lifting weights, as many of you will know. So should we start with how the hell I got myself to where I am now um, from being a very, very skinny, underweight teenage girl? <laughs> so... Back in the day, we're we're talking, how long ago? 10, 11 years ago, I was an incredibly skinny teenager. Not the most confident thing in the world. Um, And yeah, I didn't didn't love being a teenager. I didn't like school. It was all a bit of a weird time for me. And I had really bad skin. Um, I went on a drug called Roaccutane when I was 15, I think. Um, and yeah, that was an interesting one. Nor out of 10 would recommend, by the way, um, based on my experiences on it. Um, effectively what it is from what I've discovered is, is giving yourself vitamin A poisoning, uh, so that you (laughs) clear your skin. So it dries your skin out massively. I remember that having really, really dry skin, dry lips, um, really messed with my vision I remember that like sitting in class I had to sit really close to the front because I couldn't see the board um it all sorted itself out once I came off it but it wasn't the best time uh but more importantly the thing that I guess impacted how we got into into fitness um was it it kind of made me super anxious and depressed and quite obsessive over things. Uh, it is a known side effect of it now, actually. It's quite scary when you think about it. My my brother was on it too, and he got 
crippling social anxiety to the point where he couldn't even leave the house. Um, And I just became a pretty anxious person, you know, not in the best place in the world in terms of happiness levels. (laughs) And I just became super obsessive about counting calories, fitness and all of that. It's difficult one to pin on it because I don't think I can ever say definitively that it was that, but it wasn't really in my nature. Um, So it was a bit of a strange time for that. Having come off it and obviously years years gone by, I have since found things online about Roaccutane. Obviously don't pin this to me, but there are um, lots of Lots of families, actually, who have come out and said that their children who were on Roaccutane actually committed suicide and awful, awful, awful things. Um, And it's so tough because it's still out there. People can still have it. People do regularly. And obviously not to say that everyone is going to have a bad experience on it. But from my experience, I would not recommend it to anyone. Um... And obviously it's tricky because I don't think, as I said earlier, anyone can ever definitively say my child committed suicide because of this. Um, And everyone's obviously going to say like it's probably just something else that happened in their life. But I really don't know having been on it. So anyway, back to the story. I... I was obviously on Roaccutane. I was not very confident and there were certain girls in school that weren't particularly nice to me. So it really did knock my confidence. Um, And I thought that being like slimmer and in shape would kind of make me cooler and a bit more popular. So I inadvertently headed down that route and followed many uh women's fitness magazine (laughs) which was a terrible idea in hindsight obviously all the information back then was about you know being thin and not eat not eating very much doing lots of cardio and all of that jazz so basically that's what I did and I ended up following quite a lot of kind of diet focused fitness gurus and stuff like that so obviously they'd only ever advocate advocate like advocate I've lost sense of my English, Um, not eating very much and like low calorie meals, uh, low calorie snacks. But I thought doing all of that was like the right thing to do. I was like, this is this is the fitness thing. This is what I'm doing. So I did a shit ton of cardio. I didn't eat very much Uh, inadvertently. It wasn't really on purpose, but I didn't eat very much because I thought that's what I was supposed to do. And I just got skinnier and skinnier and skinnier and skinnier. Um, So I kind of hit rock bottom when I was like 16, 17, maybe very underweight at this point. I think my lowest was about 49 kilos and I'm I'm five foot nine. So that's ridiculous, really. Um, but again, as I say, it wasn't a, ever a I need to be thin. Like that wasn't my mindset. But I did kind of get caught up in this very uh, vicious kind of cycle, especially with I I think what the Roaccutane was sort of making me be like in terms of being quite obsessive about things. So I inadvertently got myself stuck in this spiral of going very, very underweight. Um So I hit rock bottom, as I say. Rock bottom for me was going out for a meal with my mum and dad and my brother and not being able to eat the food because there was butter on it. It literally terrified me. And then I think that was the moment I went, shit, like, I need help. What the hell am I doing? Um, It was a scary time because I don't think I 
quite realised that I'd gotten that bad um, with kind of like my eating habits. Um, so I basically sought help. I got some therapy at the time, which again, wasn't particularly helpful. <laughs> um, so I didn't last very long in that therapy, but I did make it, you know, my own choice to start trying to eat some more food. And I thought, I want to get myself strong. I don't just want to be skinny. Um, so I did have a little bit of time off of exercising altogether, um, tried to eat some more food, got myself back up to a reasonable weight. It wasn't like it wasn't enough by any means, but it was better. Um, and then I started going to the gym with a personal trainer who was trying to teach me to lift weights. I didn't really know if I'd enjoy it. It was a very like male dominated kind of thing at the time. I, I'm from a small place, like there weren't any girls in my gym that lifted weights. It was only guys. So I wasn't really sure if I would enjoy it, but I thought I'd give it a go. Um, turns out I loved it. So I got absolutely hooked on lifting and how it made me feel um, and getting stronger. Um, but I did spend the next probably like three years not really making a hell of a lot of progress simply because I still didn't eat enough food. It's as simple as that. I was, I was training. I was training all right. I wouldn't say it was brilliant and I certainly wasn't doing all the right things in terms of progressive overload. I was just sort of doing what I fancied, but I did enjoy it. Uh, but yeah, I just never ate enough. So I kind of stayed the same for a really, really long time, which again, I wouldn't recommend that phase. Um, but it happens and I learned from it. Uh, so then I, this probably brings me to my university experience. So I went to Loughborough University to study sport and exercise science as my undergrad, because again, I loved it. Uh, I wanted to understand more about it. I wanted to learn. So I went off to Loughborough. Still, I think the first couple of years, I still wasn't really making a hell of a lot of progress, but I slowly started to learn a lot more when I was there, particularly with the training environment that was there. Um, everyone pretty much has a sport. It's not an aesthetic-based kind of university. Everyone's like, right, I'm here for performance. Like, this is what we do. So I got more involved in that and I got taught more about that whilst I was training there and I started to understand a little bit more about how to train for performance and actually things like progressive overload and um, trying to eat more food and be challenged with my food particularly where you know I wanted to be able to go out and socialize with people didn't want anything to be able to hold me back so I was put in more and more and more like challenging situations for myself, which was a very good thing because it kind of got me out of that hole that I was in. Realized that every time I challenged myself, nothing bad happened. So I could gain more confidence in doing that. And at the same time, I was training better and better and better um, and just absolutely loving it. Um, I dabbled a little bit in powerlifting and I'm say dabbled because it's, yeah, really is a loose term for what I was doing, but I gave it a shot. Um, and again, that kind of influenced my, lo my love of training and just wanting to f feel like I was strong and powerful. Um, I absolutely loved that. So that was me for a good few years. And then I decided to compete in bikini bodybuilding in my, it was between the summer of finishing my undergrad and starting my master's. Um, 
and it kind of went into whilst I was doing my master's. Um, so that was a whole other experience and not something that I really enjoyed in hindsight. Um, well, it's not something that I enjoyed whilst I was doing it, but I did love competing. Like the day itself was so exciting. So I am very glad I did it. I don't have regrets, but I wouldn't do it again. So I prepped for 20 weeks. Um, well, I prepped for my qualifier for 20 weeks, which was a long old time. Um, I'm also, I'd got myself into a place where I loved, I loved food. I loved eating. I loved feeling good, performing well. And obviously, as soon as you take away all those calories, you feel like crap. You don't enjoy training much, to be honest. Um, I really struggled to concentrate on anything that I was doing and I found that incredibly frustrating. Um, And I miss socialising and being able to, you know, do things with my friends. So it was a tough time. I, I was very determined and I think you have to be if you're going to compete. Like you, you can't be, you can't have two minds about what you're doing. Otherwise you're simply just not going to do it. And you're going to step on stage at the end of the however long, um, and just know that you haven't given it your all. And that is a hideous place to be. So you have to be incredibly committed and just, you know, do it. Um, so I did, you know, I did all of that. I got myself up on stage, PCA, uh, PCA Manchester show, um, and junior bikini, small class, but I won it, which kind of amazed me because I didn't have, you know, I didn't have a lot of muscle. I still could have looked a hell of a lot better than I did, but that was the first time in my life that I've actually succeeded at something. You know, I've never competed in anything. So it's the first time I've actually won something and it meant a hell of a lot to me, definitely. Uh, So then after that, I made finals so I had to keep dieting for another uh five six weeks um that was very tough my feedback was that I had to come in leaner which blew my mind because I was a tiny human I lost 15 kilos over the course of my prep like it was silly um and I was back down to virtually almost the weight I was at when I was incredibly skinny and underweight but this time with muscle (laughs) which was a strange scenario to be in um but yeah so I had to keep competing but I had to keep uh prepping sorry for another five six weeks which was the toughest time for me um that's when I really wanted to give up because I hadn't mentally prepared for having to uh, prep for even longer um and I started my master's I was really struggling to concentrate on anything in my lectures I was so hungry I was so tired um I regret doing that in hindsight because finals for me was nowhere near as enjoyable. I I think I was just over it at that point. Um, I didn't even feel like I came in looking any better. I just looked a bit kind of emaciated at that point. So for me, that was that was a time that I wish I I hadn't done it, and I'd just gone right. You know, this th- that was enough. That was enough. I should have just stopped. Um, But I didn't. And anyway, you can't regret that. It happened. Um, I came fifth in finals and I was buzzing from that. Don't get me wrong, but I think I was very ready to just, you know, go back to quote unquote normal. Um, Personally, I hated how I looked, particularly when I was that lean. Um, I think it brings back a lot of 
every time I diet, it kind of brings back a lot of memories of when I was skinny. And I think I will forever feel a little bit skinny. So that's it's always a tough situation for me to be in when I do get leaner. For me as well, competing kind of goes past the point of looking nice. Like day to day, you you just look, I don't know, you just look emaciated. You look small. It's it's not particularly great. On stage is a whole different ball game. Like you look incredible with the light, the tan, the whole show that like show glam and everything else. But it's it does not look like that day to day unless you are someone that has a lot of muscle. In which case, yeah, you probably look better. But bikini girls, you end up being pretty small. Um, So I didn't like that. I was very ready to come out of my show and put some body fat on, which I know is a very contradictive statement compared to the majority of people that come out of prep. Most people really get scared and struggle to put body fat back on and they don't want to lose their abs, all of this. I was the complete opposite. In fact, I think if anything, prep taught me that I didn't want to look like that. I wanted to feel like more of a woman in some ways and have, you know, some curves on my body. Like I missed that. Um, I missed food, obviously. Uh, I missed, you know, being able to socialize and just have a bit more freedom in my life. So I was really ready and I reversed out of that prep pretty quickly. Um, Without too much thought, to be honest. And in hindsight, I think I didn't really think too much about it. I think if I did it now, I would think a lot more about how to reverse, how to, you know, approach training. But honestly, I was quite naive at that point and I just came out of it and trained and ate food, did whatever the hell I wanted. And to be honest with you, it did not work out too badly for me. So I, I'm i just gonna roll with the punches with that one. And I think I did all right, so that's fine pretty much from that moment, so that was 2018, up until now, 2023, I have more or less been in a consistent surplus, just purely with the aim of building muscle, building shape, building strength, all really gradually, um, because I know it's something that doesn't come particularly naturally to me, you know, I'm a skinny person, those are the genetics that I've been dealt, so I struggle to put muscle on I I really do so I have to be really focused with my training really progressive with my training I have to be eating food like I am not someone that can you know eat very few calories and succeed with my training that I have to absolutely pack it in so that's what I've been doing more or less for the last five years obviously there have been times where that hasn't been as smooth sailing as that obviously that we were in lockdown for two years um I was training in my garage and that most certainly wasn't the most effective training in the world uh I've had the odd injury here and there as well which meant you know I haven't been able to be as consistent as I would have liked to have been um you know I what have I done over the years I tore my hamstring partial tear on my shoulder um you know things have happened that have meant the five years have not been you know the best five years in the world but it happens and that is life um I've just done my best with the scenario and yeah I think it's I think it's working for me I when I finished competing I was 54 kilos and now I'm 70 so and I 
wouldn't say I'm like, yeah, I hate to be, I don't want to sound like I'm blowing my own trumpet. Um, I don't mean this, but like, I'm, I'm not, I don't have too much body fat. Like I'm holding relatively good condition, which to me means that the, you know, that 16 kilos hasn't done me too much harm. And it's obviously quite a fair amount of muscle obviously there's fat gain um but there must be a fair amount of muscle there as well so I know that you know doing this nice and slowly in terms of being in a surplus over time has been all right for me and that is what I plan on continuing to do for the foreseeable future I don't have any plans to diet I I, if you haven't gathered already from this podcast I absolutely hate dieting I have nothing against it at all but I just don't enjoy it so I will do it as little as possible (laughs) Um, and just continue to build size and go you know continue to grow from here so in terms of my my fitness journey that's pretty much it um I've just continued to develop over the years both physically and mentally with my knowledge um that's why you know I went to do my undergrad in sports science and my master's in nutrition and continue to grow in terms of my knowledge with coaching because I just am obsessed with it if you haven't been able to tell um I love it and I want to understand everything and I want to be able to better myself and my clients so I I actively seek out as much information as possible because I'm a geek so that's me in a nutshell um and now I'm so grateful to say that I'm doing exactly what I love I'm coaching fantastic women. I am starting this podcast, which has been on my to-do list for a long time. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving life. So this is a short and sweet episode. That is me in a nutshell. Um, the next episode that you will hear will have a fabulous guest on it. I'm not going to tell you any more information, but just keep your eyes peeled over the next however many weeks, months, years. Um, I'm manifesting here. We're going to have some incredible guests coming on. So keep your eyes peeled. Uh, please feel free to share this podcast if you enjoy it and let me know if there's anyone in particular you'd like me to try and get on here as well. Um, Thank you so much for listening uh, and I shall see you in the next episode.